Alhamdulillah Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah Wa ala alihi Sahbihi Wa man wala Welcome everybody to the Javin Society Nothing but facts live stream In which today we are on The early ascetics part 2 Okay Bef- <coughs> Uh, the early ascetics part two and before we do this we have a question here Uh, I don't know if you guys all hear that car going out but let's take this question on raffles where you pay five dollars you put your name into the raffle if you pay five dollars now this five dollars is going to charity okay you know where the money is going and then they pull your name out of the hat and then you could get a prize, right? So we say that, no, this still is, is, is impermissible. Right? The answer to the question that it would still be probably between impermissible or makru, the reason being is that you're still having to do something such as paying something to be even considered to receive this prize. And that's where the prohibition comes in. And in general, things of chance like this are disliked in the Sharia. Uh, and there will always be probably somewhere between disliked and haram, depending on uh, the difference of um, opinion on this matter. If it was just put your name in, right? anyone who wants to put their name in, and we're going to give a gift away by, by randomness, that's, that's fine. Because there's no money involved, even if it was for charity. Right, just for information, if you're in that thingy, um, is unplugged from the charger, right? That, the bottom there. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Number five. Ali al Asbahani. So in Persia, it's Isfahan, and the Arabs also may spell it with a bat. Isbahan or Isfahan. Okay, so in this case, he spells it with a bat. For example, there's the great Raghib al Isfahani with a fat. Abu Hassan is his name. Ali ibn Sahl al Asbahani. He's from Isfahan. Min Akran al Junaid al Sadiq. He was one of the colleagues. Akran means one of the colleagues of Junaid al Sadiq. Who is Junaid al-Sadiq? He was one of the youth of Baghdad who transformed his life and entered the path, specifically the path related to Tasawwuf. And he became a scholar who was respected amongst the scholars. And as a result of that, he he had the ability and he was able to make Tasawwuf a a respectable practice that's rooted in the Book and the Sunnah as opposed to just a popular piety that had a lot of mistakes in it. Okay, so that was the legacy of Al-Junaid al-Sadiq. Junaid in the east, in Iraq, and in Al-Andalus, it was um, <coughs> Abu Madian al-Ghawth, Abu Madian, the famous Abu Madian from Seville. And then he went down to Morocco, and he was a very popular preacher, and all of the Tasawf goes back to these individuals. In the same way, when we say fiqh goes back to, let's say, the four imams, that's not saying that there was no fiqh outside of them or before them. But as the biggest source who so many chains go back to them and the chains are alive, still 
uh, uh, going on, that's what we mean. Qasadahu Amr ibn Uthman al-Makki Amr ibn Uthman al-Makki sought him out. Faqadahu anhu Dain rakibahu Faqadahu anhu He sought him out for a debt and then Ali al-Asbahani paid off the debt. And it was Tarathuna al-Fadirham 30,000 silver coins. Laqiya Aba Turab al-Nakhshabi wa See, this is what I'm telling you. And I don't know if I had mentioned this here in another class. If you want to check the state of your heart, ask yourself, how quickly, how fast do you reply get to, uh, to acts of thought? That means if you got a thought in your head, I didn't read the Quran today. How quickly do you reply? And do you know that some people, their heart, mashallah, May Allah bless them. It's so clean. It's so clean. And it's so perfectly in its orbit. And it's getting closer to Allah in the orbit. So we're all in an orbit. Right? There's like an orbit. And we may do sins and go uh, off. Away from the orbit. And we get weaker. And we get more destabilized. Or we can keep going closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and like this, the spiral of the, of the snail shell or the whatever, it keeps getting closer and closer and closer to the orbit and there's no limit to the closeness. This is why in his tafsir, Al-Baghawi, in Surah Al-Fatiha says, we, why do we ask for ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem if we are already Muslims? We believe in the right faith, etc., etc. He says, Al-Hidayah. There's no end to Hidayah. That Allah will be guiding you from one thing to the next. Within. So Islam is the big border. And then inside of Islam there's Iman. Then there's levels of that until it reaches Yaqeen. Yaqeen has multiple levels. Okay. And then Ihsan. And Ihsan has many different levels. And, you, and then there's Ma'rifah. You become Arif Billah. And there's so many levels to that. And then you become Ashiq Lillah. There's many levels to that, and so on and so forth. Hidayah has no end to it in the Ahl Sunnah. Okay. Just the major Hidayah is from Kufr to Iman. That's the major one, by taking the Shahada. But what he's saying here is that if you want to know if your heart is, is in its orbit and it's healthy, some people, I'm telling you, they wake up and the first thing they do is they reach for their Mus'haf. They have to have a dosage. They're drinking. They have to have a dose of their of Quran. Some people, their relaxation at the end of the day is to get a cup of tea and to pick up their misbaha. That's, their, that's how they relax. This is not something that they're forcing on themselves out of act of piety. No, this is taste. This is something that they're tasting. And this is something that, there was a man the other day, he said something that just reveals, subhanAllah, is his, his dhok. That He's one of these people that he used to say that when you see a righteous person in one of the salihin, you go up to them and spend about five, ten minutes with them. It's like taking a lick of ice cream. You get some marifa from them. You get some ilm from them. You get some sweetness from them. Subhanallah. So, al-mubadara ila ta'at min alamat al-tawfiq. The sign Allah loves you. Allah, your heart is good. Your heart is near the orbit. You wake up and you want to do ta'at. But which ta'at? Not the ones that you choose. The ones that's mashru'ah. That's the difference and that's the key. Ta'a, mashru'a. Okay? 
meaning something from the fara'id, then the sunan, then the nawafil, like that. Right? Because someone could say, well, I wake up and I want to uh, chant Om every day. We say to you that tawfiq, the word tawfiq means sincerity. Allah has accepted your action. And of course, the precondition is that action is upon the sunnah. Muwafaqat sunnah That means it's amal mashru'ah. An act that's mashru'ah. وَالتَّقَاعُدْ عَنِ الْمُخَالَفَاتِ مِنْ عَلَمَاتِ حُسْنِ الرِّعَايَةِ That you are uh, uh, shepherding your soul. Well, a sign that you're shepherding your soul. كُلُّكُمْ رَاعُ وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولُ Everyone is a shepherd and everyone's responsible for their shepherd, uh, for their flock. What does that mean? Well, what's the first thing you're responsible for? Are you not first thing responsible for the soul Allah gave you? Allah gave you this soul, so you're responsible for it. Right? So being responsible for that soul, he says here that you sit down and you have like a type of laziness towards disobedience. Taqaud. Like you have no interest in acts of disobedience. It is from being a good shepherd over your soul. I'm telling you, our, the whole affair is obeying Allah and not disobeying Him. All of our success and victory comes out of there. All of our success comes out of there. All of our personal happiness comes out of there. And all of... We want to talk about spirituality. This is the foundation of it. There's no nearness to Allah through sins. There's no success through sins. Now, if you say, well, there's a lot of people who commit a lot of sins and they're very successful. What's the meaning of success? It's that you have a... It's the long-lasting blessing. It's not the short-term blessing that cl- crashes. It's not the short-term br- blessing that causes you depression and misery. That's not success. Success for us is the long-term blessing that also continues into the akhirah. And it, it, it also, and it doesn't disrupt your inward nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So political success. Sayyidina Dawud salam, he had great success as a king. It only caused to draw him and all of his followers closer to Allah. That's what we call success. It has to. It has to be something that is a sebab, a means, that I drew closer to Allah because of this. Otherwise, it's not success. Okay, this is really heavy. This is very heavy. He says, to guard the secrets is one of the signs of being awake. Okay. And, and what does that mean? What does he mean by secrets? That sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may reveal something to a person in the form of mukashifa. Mukashifa is something we believe in. Okay. For example, Sayyidina Abu Hanifa, he had a, a type of mukashifa, which stated, which in which while people were making wudu, he would see their sins. In other words, he would know what kind of sins, it would enter his heart, what kind of sins that person is committing. And he asked Allah to take it away. I don't want to know the sins of people. And Allah took it away. So al-asrar is sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shall inform a person about a future happenings. Those future happenings may be extremely upsetting to, to, others, to some people. This is why Sayyidina Abu Huraira said the Messenger of Allah directly, this is not from Mukashifa, directly inform me of two vessels of knowledge. One, I'm to share it to everyone. And one, if I share it, you cut off my necks. It's interpreted to mean that one is the sharia and another is haqaiq, is realities, future realities related to certain people. In which one of them, Sayyidina Abu Huraira said, Allahumma la tuballighni sitteen. Oh Allah, let me not reach the year 60. 
He doesn't want to see the year 60. And he died before that. What happened in the year 60? That's the year in which Sayyidina Hussein was killed, martyred. Okay. So, so at, sometimes there are asrar, meaning mukashafat, that Allah gives to some of the ibad that point to some harms that will happen to some people. And they can't say anything about it. Why did Allah tell them? For different wisdoms. So, for example, Al-Khadr is not our example. Sayyidina Al-Khadr is not our example. He's just something Allah is informing us about. Yet, nonetheless, why is he informing us? He's informing us because some of the people from our ummah may have something of this nature where Allah shows them haqqaiq realities related to people and their futures. You have to keep that to yourself. Okay? So this is where he says, Mura'at al-Asrar. وَإِذْهَارُ الدَّعَاوِ مِنْ الْبَشَرِيَّةِ To make a parent and to make claims about yourself. To maybe sometimes even tell people about the things that Allah has given you. Of, that are maybe of a spiritual nature. He says this is from the, like, uh, the rust of your human side. It's not good. It's not good. What does Sidi Muhammad ibn Habib say about al-asrar? And this is the rule. If you were to learn something about somebody that was maybe of a negative nature, okay, keep it secret. Katsm al-asrar. First of all, we have an epistemological comment. It's dhanni. Right? It, maybe it's certain to you, but for everyone else it's dhanni. Like maybe a, a vision or a dream is absolutely certain. You have no doubt about it. No problem. We believe in that in Ahl Sunnah, in Sharia. It's fine to believe that and to hold that. But for everyone else, it's not. It is not. It's, it's dhanni knowledge. Like, for example, I go and I look and I witness a guy stealing right from a store and putting it in his pocket. I know what I just saw, right? It's certainty to me. I then go and I shout it out to everybody. What do the people say? Well, they say, well, you're only one witness. There's a, there's a chance of error there. We can't just make him guilty on one witness. So for the society, it's speculative knowledge, dhanni knowledge. There's room for error there. For me, it's certain knowledge. This is one of the reasons why you must katsm al-asrar. You must keep these secrets to yourself. Why? It's a big fitna. For you, it may be certain knowledge. For everybody else, it's not. This is not nubuwa, right? Nobody has to believe you. And so you end up dividing the ummah into two because some people will believe you, some people won't. And some people may even call you a liar. Which is prohibited. It's prohibited to, call, to categorize somebody's testimony, to categorize them as a liar unless there's some proof. And the proof has to be either, number one, he admitted it, he admitted lying, or number two, that he made a statement about an objective reality and that objective reality was incorrect. Okay. At that point, depending on the nature of that, we will either drop off his, his level, meaning maybe he saw wrong, maybe he remembered wrong, or maybe he had malicious intent. So it's one of the three possibilities. Either way, when he says one thing and the reality of life is another thing, the waqa, the objective reality is a whole other thing, he's going to drop down. His testimony will drop down. And if this repeats itself over and over, then it will 
for, for sure drop down. And if we dis- discover malicious intent in, in his statement, okay, then he's a kadheb. So keep in mind, someone says something, the opposite is true. does not mean they're a liar. They, have, they may have missaw it, misunderstood it, got confused for a second, failed to remember. So his dhapt, this is the perfection of his, his memory and his seeing something, the dhapt, accuracy, may be downgraded. Okay? So this is uh, something to understand when someone talks. You have to be able to assess them. All right? And so we, we keep, we do kitsman al-asrar because if Allah reveals something to you, you may be certain about it. But for all of us, it's not certainty. It's speculative. You always keep these words in mind. Al-qat'i wal-dhanni. Qat'i. Is qat'i something like 50 people saw you steal? I don't have to investigate the 50 people. There are too many to have conspired to a lie. 12 people saw you steal. It's enough, right? But one person saw you steal, no matter how honest that person is. It's dhanni. We need a second witness, at the least. Okay? It's certain to him, he can go to his grave knowing that you died. But in the court, and in the court of public opinion, it's speculative knowledge. We don't know. One person can make a mistake. So this is very important. And this is why, in tasawwuf, when Allah Ta'ala, this is ilm al-mukashifa. Put this in your, in your mind, under the category, not aqidah, not fiqh, it's, muka, it's tasawwuf. Under ilm tasawwuf Go down in the files, mukashifa. Click mukashifa. Put this fact in there. Al-mukashifa, lil-wali. Yaqeen li al-wali, dhan lil-akhirin. It's yaqeen for him. It's dhanni for everyone else. So don't speak it. Don't say it. Leave it to yourself. And he may say it to those who absolutely trust him. This is the same as uh, what they say in dream interpretation. You can only tell who trusts you and who will not have hasid for you and who will never call you a liar or a majnoon. And by the way, ashab al-asrar, they're few in the world. The people who receive mukashifats about other people, etc., they're very few in the world. And there are many novices who have screwed it all up. And they go around talking as if it's ilm yaqeen. Certain knowledge, not certain knowledge. It's dhanni to you. And on top of that, you're like an inexperienced murid. You've been worshipping Allah for two, three years, doing dhikr for two, three years. You have no experience with mukashifat and dreams and visions and all these things. No experience. Give me 20 years. Give me 20 years. Let's see some white hairs first. Then we can talk. Why? Because you want someone experienced in this matter. Shaitan cannot trick him. وَمَنْ لَمْ تَصِحْ مَبَادِئِ إِرَادَتُهُ وَمَنْ لَمْ تَصِحْ مَبَادِئُ إِرَادَتِهِ لَا يَسْلَمْ فِي مُنْتَهَى عَوَاقِبِهِ Wow. This is very important. Like just what we were just saying. Subhanallah. If your, if your origin is not sound of your spiritual path, then the, and the results of that worship, the results of that action, we can't trust. Can, are not trustworthy. Like you're not going to be safe. What does that mean? That means the origin of your path has to be, you have to be doused in ilm shara'i. You have to be marinated in ilm shara'i for years. Excuse me. For years, you have to be marinated in ilm shara'i. You have to be marinated for years amongst the ulama. 
if someone comes with some spiritual claim, I want to see that he mingles with fuqaha. And the fuqaha don't think he's crazy. I want to see he mingles with other people of the spiritual path. And they all approve of him. I want to see that when he speaks, he's able to express it, 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 it couch it in ilm shari, in knowledge of sharia, in evidence. Okay? That's what really what we need. So this is why he says, مَن لَمْ تَصِحْ مَبَادِئُ إِرَادَتِهِ the, the, His original, his, his starting point, okay, has, was not sound. He, was, he, he, gave, he did not concern himself with aqidah or fiqh okay? or kalam. Why do I say kalam? Because kalam, it's usul really. Like what is, what is qatai, what is dhanni? That's very important to know. It's very, very important to know what is qatai and what is dhanni. Qatai, absolute fact. Dhanni, speculative fact. Could be a fact, but speculative. Okay? La yaslam. That person whose his starting point was shaky, the results that he gets from that effort, they will not be safe from zealot, from errors and shakeups. And this is where you see someone who starts a spiritual path. Is there aqidah teaching? No. Do you does he read fiqh? No. Does he mingle with the ummah? Does he mingle with the ummah? Why do I say that's important? This matter of spirituality could make a person go a little bit cuckoo. Visions, dreams, all this talk, it could really make a lot of people go cuckoo real fast. Okay? And you could even be beyond goofia. Like the goofia, these goofy Sufis, these, and these popcorn Sufis. That's the type that he's half hippie, half Sufi. That's the popcorn Sufi. It's foolish, right? That anyone in two seconds can know half of what they're doing is meaningless and haram. But then there's the heavy gufiya, where they are heavy in the world of visions and dreams and all these things. But wait a second, do you, you cannot live like that and mingle with regular Muslims at the same time, right? Or with the fuqaha, so they avoid, they're never with the regular Muslims. They're always in their own little cult. They're never mingled with the fuqaha. They're only with their tariqah. This is not acceptable for us, right? Why? Because these things are safeguards for us. So yes, you may have all of that and more. You may have all the mukashafat and the, all that and more. But if you can't manage to mingle and you have to stay away from the common Muslim and from the fuqaha, something's wrong with it. So they have all the, the, the true arifina billah, they know where to place it. Where do I place all these experiences? How do I, what is the rules of, of talking about it or acting upon it? They have ilm with all this stuff. And that's why they, they end up being guides to the people. They use this knowledge, it benefits themselves and others. As opposed to being just like some bizarre weirdo cult that's far from the sunnah, far from the jama'at and muslimin. And I'm, this is like a warning. Okay? So, it's not that we deny or don't believe and do, or don't love any of these things, but it has a, its place and its role in the sharia and in the deen and in the community. And if it's not obser- observed, it leads to harm. I can't, we all know these turuq. You go there, it's like, what religion is this? What kind of craziness is this? It's too crazy. 
And that's why you don't, these this groups, they don't go to the regular local mosque. They can't. Because they've taken one part of the Sharia, and you take this lint chocolate. What's the, what's the normal way of eating lint chocolate? One every week or something? Fine. There's health there. You're not going to get sick. You have five of these every hour. You're going to get sick. So there's excess. Okay? There's imbalance. And Iblis, what is his technique? If he can't stop you from doing good, what does he do? He imbalances you. So you become sick. You become ill. Right? Something's wrong with you. And we could say the same thing about fiqh with no tasawwuf. You also become ill. Something is wrong with you. Also, we could say debate. There's like a, the, in, in Aqidah, refuting kufr is part of Aqidah. It's one of the chapters of Aqidah. In, the, in, in, your, in your computer file for Aqidah, the first file, subfolder, is ilahiyat. The second is nubuwat. The third is sam'iyat. The fourth is Radd al-Shubuhat. Right? Refutation of misguidances. People could get into refutation so much their heart hardens and they end up hardening the enemy. They never guide their enemy to the truth. So you see in the deen, everything has to be balanced out. And if someone starts a spiritual path, I want to so if I want to get spiritual. We say, mashallah, but your, your, your foundation has to be sound and solid. It has to be preceded with preconditions, ilm al-aqidah, from its sources, ilm al-fiqh, from its sources, and then ilm al-tasawf, tasawf is not just practice, there's ilm to it, all what we're saying is ilm al-tasawf, kitman al-asrar, etc. Next, we go to Hatim al-Asam, the great scholar Hatim al-Asam, and what is the status of Hatim al-Asam? Hatim al-Asam, he was, he died, Hijri 8, uh, uh, 237, so very early on, within the first 250 years he lived. So that makes him, he, he died around 850 of the Common Era. Abu Abdurrahman, Hatim ibn Alwan, al-ma'ruf bil-asam, min akabiri mashayikh Khurasan. He's from the big shiyukh of Khurasan. Wa kana talmidh shaqiq al-balkhi. The great shaqiq al-balkhi, the great abid shaqiq al-balkhi was his shaykh. وأستاذ أحمد ابن خضروي خضروي أحمد ابن خضروي was his student ويقال إنه لم يكن أصم وإنما تصامم مرة فسمي بذلك he was never deaf but at one point he couldn't hear so he was just called the deaf okay like سم بكم عميون blind سم بكم can't speak عمي can't speak or understand. Sumun Bukmun Omyun, blind. Sumun Bukmun Omyun does not translate directly. It translates in meaning as blind, deaf, and dumb. But in fact, it's actually deaf, dumb, and blind. In the actual translation is deaf, dumb, and blind. Qala al-Ustad Abu Ali al-Daqqaq, one of the kibar, Abu Ali al-Daqqaq, rahimahullah, jāat imra'atun, fasālat hātiman. A woman came, she asked Hatim al-Asam, an mas'alatin. About a question. فَاتَّفَقَ أَنَّهُ خَرَجَ خَرَجَ مِنْهَا فِي تِلْكَ الْحَالَةِ صوت. A sound right, came out of her. فَخَجِلَتْ A sound, some bodily sound. So she became very embarrassed. فَقَالَ حَاتِمْ إِرْفَعِ صَوْتِكَ Raise your voice, speak. 
فَأَرَى مِن نَفْسِهِ أَنَّهُ أَصَمْ Subhanallah al-Azim. And embarrassing sounds came out of the woman. Like she burped, she passed gas, right? How did Hatim al-Assam deal with this? She started to talk. She said, excuse, he said, excuse me? And she started to talk. She said, I can't hear well. Raise your voice, yell when you talk to me because I can't hear well. So he made her feel that he never heard the noise that came out of her. Like she passed gas or something. She became so embarrassed, de- like devastated. Imagine you go to the sheikh and you pass gas in front of him. And you're a woman on top of that, right? Because there's like more a- adab and delicacy with that. Whereas with guys, okay, he's a guy, right? Whatever. But he, he, heal- he healed her feeling devastated like that by pretending to be hard of hearing. You have to yell when you're, I can't hear things. She became so happy, it was shown on her face how happy she was. SubhanAllah. And she started to, to say to people uh, that she like she told the relatives that it happened, but he didn't hear it. Thank God he didn't hear it because he doesn't hear well. So he, he cared for the feelings of people for that reason. And they say that that's why he was called Al-Asam, the deaf. Right? The hard of hearing. وَقَالَ مَا مِن صَبَاحٍ إِلَّا وَالشَّيْطَانِ يَقُولُ لِي there is no morning except shaitan says, What are you going to eat now? Let's eat. Okay. Let's get some clothes. All right. Let's check out our house, fix up this house. I'm going to eat death. And I'm going to wear a coffin, a, a shroud, the kafan shroud. And I'm going to live in my qabr, the grave. And he was asked, Do you ever desire anything? I seek protection, or forgiveness and protection from day to night. Aren't the days all afia? In other words, Allah is always protecting you. Protecting us. Allah is protecting us. Allah is generous to us. He said, He says, no, it's not afia as in health, physical health and wellness and we have food and we have healthy bodies. He said, afia to me is the day that in which I don't disobey my Lord. Acts of disobedience is what shaitan uses to lead people astray. There can, there's darkness in the heart that's caused by sins. That's what, how shaitan puts his cable. There can't be a cable. Shaitan cannot reach you without darkness in the heart. Right? If your router is not on, the Wi-Fi signal can't reach it. Shaitan's signal that he can only catch you and communicate to you is through the darknesses in our hearts. وَقَالَ كُنْتُ فِي بَعْضِ الْغَزَوَاتِ I was in a battle. فَأَخَذَنِي تُرْكِي فَأَجْعَنِي لِلذَّبَحِ A Turk got me. He was fighting in one of the battles. And a Turk took him and put him down so he could slaughter him. فَلَمْ يَشْتَغَلْ بِهِ قَلْبِي My heart was not busy with him. Even that did not distract him from Allah. He sees everything as an action of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. بَلْ كُنْتُ أَنظُرُ مَاذَا يَحْكُمُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَ فِي I thought to myself, how will Allah judge me? In other words, is this going to be something in which Allah is going to give me forgiveness? فَبَيْنَمَا هُوَ يَتَنَاوَلَ السِّكِّينَ 
while he was yatanawalu as-sikin grabbing his knife he's got me down he's looking for his knife min khiffihi lidhabh idha bisahm asabahu faqatalahu wa tarahahu anni faqumt he's he's got me down he's looking for his knife lo and behold an arrow gets him and kills him and knocks him over so i just got up and walked away subhanallah just like a shibli we mentioned the story of a shibli in which he was put into a, 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 like a ring like the roman times and then a hungry mountain lion was was kept there for days to be hungry and then released upon him that mountain lion pounced upon him and it ended up the mountain lion's mouth was wide open right in front of shibli's face and he's like looking at its throat and as the saliva is coming down okay all of a sudden the mountain lion just stops wags its tail and goes away so the people said this is a karama they said they asked him what were you thinking what did you say you must have said some dhikr what happened he said nothing i was just thinking i was trying to remember the ruling on the saliva of lions is it najis or not because i don't want to meet allah ta'ala with najasa on my body these people were something else wa qala man dakhala fi madhhabina hadha falyaj'al fi nafsihi arba khisal arba khisal min almaut if you want to go this path of ours this path of tasawuf this path of suluk nearness to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put four deaths in front of you mautan abyad wa huwa aljua white death hunger mautan aswad wa huwa ihtimal al-adha ihtimal al-adha min al-khalq black death and that is be prepared for harm from people people can harm you wa mautan ahmar wa huwa al-amal al-khalis fi mukhalafati al-hawa a red death and that is sincerity in going against your whims we said their shahawat are the timeless desires that always have been and always will be the desire for gluttony and food the desire for fame the desire for anger for revenge for laziness for lust and then there's hawa your own personal weird unique ways of doing things that is al hawa and al hawa can be halal and can be haram وَمَوْتًا أَخْضَرْ And a green death وَهُوَ طَرْحُ الرِّقَاعِ بَعْضُهَا عَلَى بَعْضٍ A green death And I believe طَرْحُ الرِّقَاعِ here means Patch up your clothes Meaning the simple and poor life Amazing stuff from Hatim al-Asam Next Abu Sa'id ibn al-A'rabi who is Abu Sa'id ibn al-Arabi Jawar al-Haram he died in 340 of the Hijri 952 of the common era and he lived by al-Haram al-Makki okay the he lived by the Haram in Mecca sahib al-Junaid wa Amr ibn Uthman al-Makki wa ghayrahum wa ghayrahum he he befriended and he was the companion of Junaid and Amr ibn Uthman al-Makki and he has one saying the only entry about him is one saying akhsaru al-khasirin man abda lin-nasi salih salih a'malihi 
وَبَارَزَ بِالْقَبِيحِ مَنْ هُوَ أَقْرَبَ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ حَبْلِ الْوَرِيدِ Oh, this is so heavy. Very heavy. This is it. You ask me. The most failing, the most, the biggest loser of the people is the one who reveals to the people righteous actions. But he reveals in private to the one closer to him than his jugular vein all the filthiest actions. So this is something you have to be very careful of. It's another measure and a guideline. If you want to know if you're sincere or not, if you're true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if your sidq, if your ikhlas is true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is, is, is your action, if your private ibadah was placed on one scale and your public ibadah and your public persona on another, which one would outweigh which? Right? So that's what Madik, when he was approached by, who was it? Um, Ibn Wahb. Ibn Wahb was a famous student of knowledge and he came to Imam Madik. And he saw Madik for the first time after Salat al Fajr, sitting in the mosque of the Prophet ﷺ with nur and light all over his face. And he said to Madik, he said, What is this that you are upon? He said, Madik said, Make your private ibadah greater than your public ibadah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you something. So your, our, all of our private ibadah has to be better than our public ibadah. This is so important. You can't underestimate that. Number eight. Abu al-Khayr al-Aqta'ah. Who is Abu al-Khayr al-Aqta'ah? He died 340, 952. He's Maghribi. Al-Asl. But Sakana Tinat. And Tinats is Makan Kanat to Jahaz Minhul Marakib Bil Khashab Limisr. Okay. Walahu Karamat Wafirasa Hadda. He had Karamas. And he had an insight that would reach its point. Firasa. What is Firasa? It's essentially Firasa is the idea of knowing something about somebody. And the way in which you know something about somebody is two different ways. The first way is it's a, it could be learned. And a Shafi'i talked about it. And what is it all about? It's about knowing that every detail in a person is a trace. It's a trace. And it indicates something else. And, and one time, it's very interesting that I met a man who did Firasa. So how this happened was that I was uh, in a hospital in Mecca. Because I got a little bit sick. In the summer in which I was studying with Sayyidina Imam, Sayyid Muhammad Ali al Maliki, okay. I got sick. I went to the hospital. There, there was an Egyptian uh, nurse. So I'm sitting there chit chatting with the nurse. And uh, we end up talking on the subject. He, he looks at me and he says, You're an Egyptian from America and you came to seek knowledge. I said, SubhanAllah. And I said, how do you know? He said, because I study Firasa and uh, this, this, the little subtle symbols about you told me that this is where, like certain maybe products you're wearing, the way you talk, things like that. So he, he got it right. So I asked him about Firasa and we started talking about Firasa. 
He said, Firasi can be learned, you, and they teach you to look at certain things. And that's a trace about something else. Like a detective. Like, there's no difference between that and basically like Sherlock Holmes. But he said there's also, the other type was, it's just a nur from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that cannot be learned. That's just a gift Allah gives to the pious worshippers. That's what Sayyidina Uthman had. Sayyidina Uthman was walking in the masjid, and he saw a man, and he said, you come to the masjid with zina in your eyes? And the man says, is there wahi after the message of Allah? He said, no, but fear the firasa of a mu'min, because he sees with the light of Allah. Now, Sayyidina Uthman did not go and try to study this firasa. He didn't go and spend time with that. So where did he get this from? It's just a gift Allah gave him. And the man admitted that he had walked and on the way to the masjid that a woman had left her, her door ajar and the wind blew it open. And when the wind blew it open, he looked and he saw that the woman was changing. So he kept looking and looking and looking. That's why Sayyidina Uthman said, one of you comes to this masjid and zin is in your, in your eye. So that's firasa. So he had a lot of firasa hadda, he says about him. And he had a big affair, like his spirituality was heavy. No one attains a spiritual state. You do not attain any spiritual states except by keeping mulazamat al muwafaqa. You work hard right, to maintain the sharia. Muwafaqat al sharia. Wa mu'anaqat al adab. And you observe adab. Adab with who? Adab with Allah. Adab with the mushaf. Adab with the messenger. Adab with hadith. Adab with your parents. Adab with the shiuch. Adab with the ummah. Adab with everybody. Everything has adab to it. Adab with dars. Adab, uh, the adab related to, to your neighbors, to your spouses, to everybody. Adab. Habib Omar has a big sign in his school. Man kana akthara adaban, kana akthara qurban. Who is most in adab is most in nearness to Allah. Wa adail faraid, fulfilling your obligations. Wa suhbatu salihin. Adail faraid, wa suhbatu salihin. Fulfill your duties and have good relations with the Salihin. Keep the company of the Salihin. You must keep their company. Let's take number nine. It's now 2.15 before we go to the Q&A. Let's take number nine. وهو أبو علي أحمد ibn Asim al-Antaki. Ahmed ibn Asim the Antakian, meaning he's from what we now call Turkey, which was Antakia, Anatolia. Antioch. Min Akrani Bishr ibn al-Harith. He was one of the colleagues of Bishr al-Hafi. And Sari al-Saqati. Wal-Harith al-Muhasibi. Wa Ahmad ibn Hanbal. He was from that generation. Wa kana Abu Sulaiman al-Darani yusammihi Jasus al-Qulub. Lihiddat firasatihi. Abu Sulaiman al-Darani used to call him the spy of the hearts. Because his firasa would penetrate right into people. So he would know exactly what's in your heart. Qala idha talabta... If you want the rectification of your heart, help yourself doing this by guarding your tongue. Guard your tongue. Okay. 
How do I find the Salihin and how do I know where they are? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has hospitals and the doctors and the nurses can be found there. And the hospitals of Allah are the masajid. I want a nurse. I want a, a doctor. Where do you go? You don't go to the club. You go to the hospital. Go to the hospital. The hospitals of Allah on earth are the masajid. You went to a masjid, you didn't find anyone. Get, have some sabr. He's not gonna, you're not going to go there and he's going to be sitting right in front of you. Have some sabr. Go to many masajid for long periods of time. Within weeks and months, someone will emerge to help you. Or to point you to who can help you. وَقَالَ قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى إِنَّمَا أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَأَوْلَادُكُمْ فِتْنَةٍ وَنَحْنُ نَسْتَزِيدْ مِنَ الْفِتْنَةِ SubhanAllah. نَسْتَزِيدْ مِنَ الْفِتْنَةِ Meaning, نُحِبُّهَا وَنَطْلُبُهَا وَقَالَ أَحْمَدِ بْنِ عَاصِمْ يَسِيرُ الْيَقِينَ فَيَخْرُجْ يَسِيرُ الْيَقِينَ فَيَخْرُجْ الشَّكِّ مِنَ الْقَلْبِ وَيَسِيرُ الشَّكِّ فَيَخْرُجْ كُلَّ الْيَقِينَ مِنَ الْقَلْبِ وَقَالَ إِذَا جَالَسْتُمْ أَهْلَ الصِّدْقِ فَجَالِسُوهُمْ بِالصِّدْقِ فَإِنَّهُمْ جَاوَاسِيسُ الْقُلُوبِ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ وَيَخْرِجُونَ مِنْهَا مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُونَ So well the meaning of this is one of two this saying he says that Allah says, your wealth and your children are fitna, and we, we seek from it. We don't know what he meant by this. this. He could mean two different things, that we do seek from it because it's part of life and it's okay and it's good. We want more fadl from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? We want more of his fadl. It's the, it could be something we gain hasanat from. And he could mean from this that Allah says it's a fitna, yet despite that, we still try to get some more of it. Which is bad. So uh, the meaning of it can be read both ways. We don't know what exactly he meant by this. And uh, he mentions here in the footnote, Ahmed ibn, Hat, uh, Ahmed ibn Asim says, Yaqeen enters the heart until all doubt leaves. And doubt can enter the heart until all certainty leaves. And if you keep, if you sit with sincere people, you better be sincere because they could tell, they could smoke out the hypocrisy in you. They could see the hypocrisy in people. They could see the insincerity in people. And this is true not just in the, in the deen, but also in real life. If you hang out with sincere people, someone who's always sincere does not jive well with someone who's a fraud and a fake. They just can, they just can tell you out. They can, they can tell. Okay? They can tell that this person's a fraud. That's amongst, in general, that's of the dunya, knowledge of this life. Imagine now we add to it the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They'll be even more perceptive on who is lying, who's being fake, who's being a fraud, and who's being sincere. And that's what, what we mean by that. All right, open Q&A right now, but try to stick to this the topic, but on the, otherwise it is an open Q&A session right now. And we have a number of people on Instagram, and we have questions coming in from... YouTube and Facebook. So, where can I find the Salihin? We answered this question. The Where do you find doctors and nurses? In the hospital. Where are the hospitals of Allah on the earth? Hospitals of Allah on the earth are in the Masajid. Before we continue, we will take a brief moment to point you to arcview.org. You'll take our classes. Today we have some great classes. Today is the day for Tasawwuf. Today is... Um, 
today we have Tesawuf at 7.45 p.m., right? 7.45 p.m. is our Tesawuf class. What you need to do is sign up to arcview.org, go to Arcview Basic, and then there there will be a Zoom link. As soon as you get it, you get the Zoom link. One Zoom link for all the Arcview Basic classes. Same Zoom link, just put it in your phone. And then the uh, class, just click on it at 7.45 and the class will begin. What is Tesawuf? It is all the knowledge of the verses and the hadith organized, the verses and hadith that relate to the heart, the diseases of the heart, the cure of the heart, the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. Yeah. Mahiyat <laughs> tasawuf. What the essence, what is tasawuf, the essence of tasawuf. Aziz Alam. Have you given a talk about Ali, Abu Ali al-Daqaq? And the answer is no. We have to give a talk eventually upon Abu Ali uh, al-Daqaq. Also today is Hanbali Fiqh. We have Hanbali Fiqh today at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Hanbali Fiqh is taught out of England by Sheikh Muzzammil Ahmed. And you could take that from Arcview, uh, Arcview Basic as well. All right, let's take other questions that you have here. Watermelon 786, does Islam recognize the distinction between white and black magic? Yes, we do have a concept of this, but black magic is kufr and white magic is kabira min al-kabair. It's a major sin. What is, um, um, what is black magic? It is literally you're using demons and devils and shayateen to get what you want. And it's kufr because... It, you'll have to do things that are kufr in order to access these demons and devils, such as abandoning salah, abandoning tahara, engaging in najasa. They love to do things with najasa. They love to do harm to other people. That's you. So you darken your heart so much that you now you 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 reverberate with them. Now they can reach you. They can contact you. Like if you want to have a spiritual experience in what is good. Don't you have to purify your heart? Stay away from sins and fill your heart with light and dhikr and ibadah. So likewise, the opposite side, if you want to be in touch with these demonic forces, you have to do a lot of sins and you have to say things that are kufri and shirki all the time, which involves alterations of the Qur'an in a way that mocks the Qur'an and gives a message of kufr. This is all the stuff that the Sahara and the demon, these people do. The Sahara are these magicians, these black magic types until they make a connection with the demonic jinn, shaitan, shayateen al-jinn. Shaitan al-jinn is not some silly jinn that's flickering the lights against you. That's nothing. It's a child. We're talking about serious demons. Okay? And the only way that you're, you can connect with them is you darken your heart. So that's black magic and it's kufr. Uh, white magic is to deal with a Muslim jinn or a non-demonic even if he's a non-Muslim jinn, but he's not a demon. So you don't have to darken your heart to communicate with them, but you do have to do some other weird practices that involve meditations and things like that that are a bit odd and not from the sunnah. In or, and, and you have to utter certain things and recite certain things that will connect a person to those jinns. Now these jinns, they're not demons. So they can coexist with the light of Allah and the dhikr of Allah. They're Muslim jinns sometimes. But they're sinful. And they're willing to do bad things. Or not bad things, but influence humans. And that's where white magic comes in. And they say it's for the help of people. 
They, they think it's help. It's almost like bid'ah in the world of jinn. They think it's help, but it's not. So what is an example? Some of these fake shiuch of tasawwuf, or sometimes they are real shiuch, but they, they did something haram, which is that they use these jinn to get murid to become obsessed with them. How they get this, they, they use these jinns, and the jinn will sit all day whispering to him to become obsessed with the sheikh. And the sheikh is the one who sent those jinn. And to the point that the obsession with the sheikh is, is, is abnormal, unhealthy, the family's worried, the friends, he lost all his friends, and, all, and he's harming himself because, like, skip work, sit with the sheikh. Stop my career, sit with the sheikh. Served, you know, you saw one, one man, there was a, a, a medical doctor, a medical doctor, who would leave his job before going home, would go to the sheikh's house and he would mop up for him. He'd clean up the sheikh's house, he would um, cook his dinner. We're not talking about a 90 year old sheikh who needs help, we're talking about a 50 year old sheikh. And, a, and like a 60-year-old doctor. It's the, a sight that is not acceptable from the from basic norms of Islam that an elderly like this is serving a younger sheikh like that. And the obsession was weird. Weird. This is a weird obsession. You have a family at home. You have kids at home. How is the sheikh tolerating this? He'll, he likes these things. He likes to be obsessed upon. That's white magic. So he's using a Muslim jinn who is a sinful jinn. And the sheikh is sinful. That's why it can coexist with dhikrullah. Because they're not demonic jinn. That's what white magic is. And this is something that is a major, major sin for Muslims to engage in. And you could tell if the way they usually do it is they give you a, like a pouch. And they say, never open the pouch and never take it off. And you wear it as a necklace. Then if you open that pouch, it's got triangles and numbers and numerology and Syriac and all sorts of languages and backwards Qur'an and weird things that it's not mashru'ah, it's not part of our religion and it's not nothing. And there's a book, I'm not going to say the name of the book, but there's one book that they all use for this. They use this book. And this book has, like if you do such and such practices for 41 days, 41 times at a same location and draw a circle around yourself, then the jinn will come to you. And then you can chit-chat with the jinn and get him to do things for you. All this is a major sin. And be careful of groups. And whenever you see a group going out there that um, where the murids are just weirdos, they may be doing acts of piety, but they're odd. When Quran says, We have customs, we have normalcy, right? And we never had this with the Prophet. You know that probably white magic is going on. How do we deal with ourselves when we are able to say so many righteous things and not able to talk the walk talk to walk the talk? To walk the walk is what it uh, you continue saying them and you continue preaching them and you practice one little bit at a time. That's it. Nobody can do all the deen. We are reading so much here, we can't practice all of the deen. But we do what we can, and that's what's important. Muhammad Munam, is it permissible to visit the homes of those who have lost somebody in order 
to gather with them and bring them food. Is this the wailing that is forbidden? No, it is not. The wailing that is forbidden is literal screaming and shouting and saying, raising the voice, ripping the clothes, shouting and saying words that are not appropriate for a Muslim to say. And as for what you said, that what you what you're suggesting, that's a major good deed. You should do that. That's what Al Azat is about. Because these sick, uh, these these um, mourners, they're mourning the loss of a loved one. You're they don't have time to take care of themselves and make food, so you're bringing them the food. You're bringing them company. You're keeping them company. You got to keep them company so that they don't sink into sadness. Malik Tawzif says, A friend of mine is getting ready to move to live in a newly owned home. Is there any prayer or something they need to practice before moving in? Well, one of the things that you do is you go and you call the Adhan in this home. You call the Adhan and you pray to rakas. And then there is a sunnah which is called al-wakira. Al-wakira is that you invite your friends for dinner that day or uh, for, for uh, any day when you, when you move in as a sadaqah. Thank, thanks to Allah that you feed the people. And then uh, even just they say a, a small dua for you, it's sufficient. That's called the wakira. And it's a sunnah. Muhammad asks, can we pray the janazah prayer if we live far away and can't make it to the funeral? No. Salatul Ghaib is not prayed except the janazah is prayed by the nearest people to those who are dead, the nearest town, and it's prayed once and it's not repeated over and over and over. And there's no Salatul Ghaib. If they pray janazah for him in the mosque, you don't need to do it. You make du'a for him and that's it. What about Sufis like Al-Hallaj, Ibn Arabi, Bayazid al-Bistami, Attar, Hafiz Rumi? Al-Hallaj was somebody who had something called Shatahat. He would say things when he was in a very intense state of dhikr that was kufr. And these Shatahat were deemed that he was not of, the, of his right mind when he was saying it. However, the Sharia should be established upon him and he was executed for that. Uh, Ibn Arabi, um, his books are, there have a lot of confusing things in his books. And uh, as a result, we think well of him, but we don't read his books. That's the Ba'adawi position. Bayezid al-Bistami, I haven't seen anything bad or abnormal about it. Attar, he has fine stories and poetry. Uh, Hafiz and Rumi likewise. Rumi, of course, the translators, Allahu Adam, how they're translating. I heard a lot of bad things about the quality of the translation and the interpretation of Rumi's translation. And they rely upon him for perennialism. Oh, my heart is a temple, a mosque, a church, a whatever, a synagogue. It means nothing to us because it's a book of poetry. Poetry is all about hyperbole. And, and who knows, firstly, was translated right or not. So that means nothing to us. But we don't believe about him that he was a perennialist. Or had those types of beliefs. He was a regular Sunni Hanafi Qadi. He was a judge, I believe. Like he was at the level of a judge. Yeah. Like he was of the level of fiqh, he could have been a judge. Yeah. What is the explanation, says Bina, of this hadith? Never will succeed such a nation that makes woman their ruler. Yes, it means that 
they will firstly it's specific the one interpretation is that it was specific to persia because he knew their condition and he knew that the moment that they do that they're finished but the general meaning of it is that the men are weak notice he said they will make her the ruler they don't want to work they're lazy they don't want to get their hands dirty they don't want to get bloody they don't want to go to battle they put her in charge so that's one of the other interpretations as for the rulings on women leading they're different uh, across the madahib the madakiya for example they do not allow it for ruling for judging uh, they may allow it for what is less than that like leading an organization or they may call that to be makru. The Hanafis have some more room to that, and she should not be a qadi for something that in which there is an execution and a punishment. And she could be a queen or a president, but not the khalifa itself. The khalifa, the khalifa is different from king or queen or sultan. Uh, the khalifa has to be a male from Quraysh. The khalifa is something that's a seat in a political office that that ended at the time of the Abbasids and every king and sultan and ruler should try to uphold as much of the conditions of a khalifa as possible. That's the Maliki view on that. All right, let's take a pause for a second. If you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com backslash Safina Society. This uh, podcast will continue as long as its economy continues. So patreon.com backslash Safina Society is uh, how you can become a supporter. What is the sunnah of setting out on a journey? The sunnah is to say uh, there is the dua of traveling in which it says, Allahumma anta al-khalifa tu safar Right? Uh, you are the Khalifa. So look up that, the Dua of Traveling. Okay. Had Enough says, is Tasawwuf basic or advanced? This Tasawwuf class is part of ArcView Basic. Why do Madikis pray with their hands down? I feel like it would have been very apparent if the Prophet that prayed that way. We say that the Madikiyas say that that is the original way of the prayer and the Qabd has been made to be a Rukhsa if you are praying a long nafila, such that your arms get numb and therefore some of the Fuqaha have taken that Rukhsa from the Prophet to be permissible for the obligatory prayer as well. And the Madik limited it to the nafila prayer. So that's really what it is because no Madhab, none of the four Madhab hold that your prayer is invalid if you pray with your arms down. So all the madhabs do have both qabd and sadl, but where they place it, qabd is putting your hands like this, and sadl is putting your hands down. And both all the four madhabs have both, but where they place it is different. Madik held that qabd, to hold your hands like this, is permitted in praying a long nafila. He restricted it to that. So it's not that he's negating it's there. He's not negating it's there. Okay? But where does he place it in his fiqh? Rukhsa for the nafila. Okay? And then the other madhahib, they held it to be permitted as well, and sunnah even. Not just permitted, but fadila. Not even sunnah, fadila. There's three levels. There's obligations of prayer, recommendations of prayer, and virtues of prayer. The virtue of the prayer is like a, a, a sunnah khafif, a light sunnah. The other three madhahibs put it as a light sunnah. 
even in the obligation. That's the difference. So really, if you think about it, they both have both, sadl and qabd, but they have different places of putting it. So they're not at odds. All three of the other madhabs, if you pray with your arms down, there's nothing invalid. You just missed a small virtue, which they held qabd to be a small virtue in the nafila and the farida. Madik hold it, held it as a rukhsa. A rukhsa is just something you're allowed to do in the long nafila, like tarawih where your fingers would get numb. Had enough, says, question, will you be selling Islamic hats and cloaks? We haven't, uh, we do have some. Yeah, we have some. And uh, we just haven't updated it for the online crowd and we'll try to do that. We do have Moroccan shawls, cloaks. We have those hats. We have a lot of nice things. How does traveler's prayer work for the Madikiyya? that the traveler's prayer is that while you are traveling you may combine and shorten when you arrive at your destination if you arrive if you are saying for four less than four days or 20 prayers then you shorten but you do not combine and if you're saying for four days or more then you're not considered a traveler how can we save ourselves from materialistic ideology is remember death and hang out with people who remember death. Sunshine, I want to access the ArcView WhatsApp chat. Okay, when you signed up, you received an email right away. Go back to that email. There's going to be a WhatsApp chat link. Click on it. Copy and paste it if you're on your computer, and then paste it on your phone. Or if you open up with your phone, click on it. You'll automatically be joined. Sophia says, uh, we answered this question about black magic and white magic. Sending salah on the Prophet wasallam does it remove problems, worries, and insecurities from the heart? 100%, but it has to be a lot. It must be a lot. Sayyidina Musa says, Allah speaks on the tongue of Sayyidina Musa, kathira, so that we can make tasbih of you much and remember you much. Without muchness, the dhikr doesn't work for you. It has very little. Tafsir of Razi, anything close to it in English? No. No. You, we, a government, it would take a government, I believe. Truly, a government. Or government level money. To hire full-time young graduate students. Okay? And have them do absolutely nothing for two years. And you would probably have to hire... I would say 30 graduate students. 25 translators and 5 editors. And you could translate Ar-Razi into English. Can you imagine that? That is a colossal project. But if you gave everybody, if you gave these, these graduate students or even just people who, who, who know knowledge in Arabic, okay, but they have to be young because they have to have no other job. Okay. And you gave them, let's say, I don't know, a hundred pages. And you you have to do this Soviet Union style. You all coming here, right? And or you do it from your home. But you, you oh I need to see you logged on from for, for eight hours a day translating. Okay, Soviet Union style. And we're gonna sense you know, it has to be by brute force like this. Translate all day long. Okay. And then you need editors, huh? Al-Fakhr al-Razi? 
Yeah, see, and 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 how many? Five hundred pages. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Four hundred and seventy pages for Fatiha. So you would need five editors then to take the translation and make sure like the footnoting is the same to train the translators on how to transliterate how to add footnotes how to what translations we're using for certain words etc i would take these people put them in a place and i would uh, even if they're all single you all come to one location you come to one building you 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 that's the whole thing right you live and sleep in one building right for for two years for one year let's say this new generation though i don't trust them they're going to need therapists they're going to get stressed question amja says halal mortgage financial institution should only be turned to if there is a haja if what is an appropriate haja to deal with these matters your family's too big no one will rent a house to you because you have six boys and they know that you're going to destroy the house and guidance and universal financial do not operate in that area that may be a, a version of that Shukr and sabr, which has a higher maqam with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as shukr. min ibadi as shakur. Why is shukr? Um, because shukr, it's the advancement of sabr. Because sabr, number one, you have no choice over it. Right? I, 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 I hurt my finger. I have no choice but to have sabr. My relative died. I have no choice but to have sabr. I got a million dollars. I now have a choice. I can have shukr or I can just spend it. Secondly, the sh- from the meanings of shukr is that even when the bad thing happens, you have shukr. Sabr means I really don't like this, but I'll get through it. Shukr, the shakur, when the bad thing happens, they say there must be a blessing in it. If it's from Allah, Allah is the wise. There must be a wisdom in it. Let me think what the wisdom is. Oh, there's the wisdom. Let me thank Allah for that. So he thanks Allah for the tribulation. So shukr is a higher level than sabr. Is it okay to doubt the sincerity of elders when everyone exits the masjid in the middle of their prayers? The elder stares one right in the eye. No, don't even think about people's hearts. What's not our business? Unless you're about to hire them, marry into their family, then you could talk about trying to assess their character. But otherwise, no. If you are blessed to travel to Umrah, does it mean that Allah is pleased with you? Uh, I would say that it could be. It could be. But what we know that when Allah loves a person, He increases them in knowledge. And it definitely is an honor. So it depends on how the person does the Umrah. If they do the Umrah with full ikhlas and humility, then yes, it was an elevation for him. If he does the Umrah, but he... He didn't care for the fiqh of it. And he argued or he yelled and he made just sat there criticizing the Saudis the whole trip. Then you wasted your umrah. Then yes, Allah tried to honor you or Allah honored you, but you 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 squandered the honor. I can't wait to get my glare-free glasses. Is there anything to recite for traumatized or frightened animals? I believe that the presence even of an animal in an environment of worship will calm the animal down. Theory, not religious knowledge, just my theory. That means you take an animal and you put it in a house full of depressed people, that animal will probably be depressed. 
You take an animal, you put it in a house full of happy people, that animal will probably be happy. You put an animal uh, where there are sorts of darkness and sins, the animal will have one reaction. You put him in a place where there's ibadah, the animal will have another reaction. Allah knows best. It's my theory. It's not like truth from the heavens or anything. If a young boy wants to grow a beard, does he need to shave a couple times to thicken the beard? I don't know. Some people say that. Umm Maryam says, she's asking about a certain tariqah and I, I can't comment because I haven't really looked into them. Mrs. S, an urgent question from my teenage daughter. Why can't we wear false nails and nail polish? Aren't nails like teeth? Do they really need to get wet in wudu? Yes, they do need to get wet in wudu. And uh, we don't wear those. You, you can wear those things, but not as tazayun in front of non-mahrams. For example, for, for just you're sitting at home, and you don't have to pray because a woman does not have to pray all the time, number one. Or it could be from Aisha to Fajr. Or between Salahs. Then you can do all that stuff at home. But not as a zina or ornamentation in front of non-mahram males. Nor in a way that would disallow you from making wudu. So that's the answer to that. Ismail Khatib says, speaking of magic, are the magicians who believe in Prophet martyrs? Yes, Prophet Musa. Yes, they're martyrs, and they're believers and martyrs, and they're from one of the greatest levels of faith, those, those magicians who believed in, in that. How do you overcome insecurity, says Caitlin Johan? Get good at something. Be good at something. What are you good at? What is it okay, that you can say that when you walk in the room, you're pretty much one of the best at it in the room? Now you ask yourself the question, does this thing have a benefit for society or not? So don't tell me gaming, Right? I'm the best person at something useless. So yes, you do have, you did prove yourself to yourself. Let's say someone's really good at like uh, cards or video games. So that person can have some confidence because I did conquer something, right? Now we have to move you to conquering something, being great at something that's useful to society. That's the difference. So uh, being good at something, that's how you overcome insecurities. Is it true that you will be raised up blind on the day of judgment if you forget what you memorized? The answer is no. You raise up blind on the day of judgment when the truth is presented to it and you continuously reject it. In terms of wudu, why are nails... Uh, different than teeth well because the teeth are inside your body everything inside your body the maximum it will be was a sunnah whereas the nails is on the outside of your body and it needs to be clean right your teeth will not probably won't harm other people if your teeth are dirty your mouth is dirty you pretty much won't transmit some some dirtiness to other people but if your hands are dirty you will is the abjadiya part of tasawwuf and islam the abjadiya is the ancient Order of the Arabic alphabet. Abjad, Hawas, Hatti, Karimun, Safas, Qarishat, all like that. The letters are like that. And every letter has a number. 
1 through 9, once you hit 10, it jumps to 10 to 20, 30, 40. Once you hit 100, it goes to 200, 300, 400. Once you hit 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. And yes, the dream interpreters do use the abjadiyya to, to take meanings. Or they reverse it. For example, if someone pays somebody, or five, if they see the number 522 in a dream, then they see what letters does that combine, and that may be a meaning. Is this a shara'i knowledge? Not necessarily. It's a ta'wil. It's an interpretation. And it's a vanni method of interpret, dream interpretation. Remember what we said, qat'i and dhanni. We're not like some groups that it's either a sahih hadith or we throw it in the garbage. No, we have levels. There's al-mutawatir. Then there's al-ahad. Then there's ijma' al-ummah. Ijma' of the scholars. Then there's ta'wilat. And these interpretations are not to be thrown out, nor are they to be, we establish our whole religion upon them. You have to understand that and have that concept. And abjadiyya is from one of the, the dhanni ta'wils of dream interpreters. What is the verdict, says Don Guapo, on pleasing your parents as far as going to college and finishing, because you must obey them, but it, all it is causing is pain. I would obey them in this, and I would rely upon urf, namely that, Orf, it is a common, it is a commonly acceptable command. It is not abuse in that. There's no abuse. Uh, there is co- basic benefits to finishing your college degree that most parents, families, adults will concur to. So I would say about that in general, there's no abuse there, and you should obey them and finish. Uh, it causes pain. That's okay. They are trying to protect you from a worse pain of being somebody who is applying to jobs with a high school diploma how about applying to a father-in-law with a high school diploma that's what your dad's thinking about like how's this kid going to get married you have sexual urges they have to be fulfilled oh marriage is a lot more than sexual urges it is but this is the biggest portion that's the only reason that a young man has to get married right now right very soon because he is going to fall into sins so we have no shame in saying sexual urges is a major portion of why or motivator for why people get married okay there's a reason Allah put it there otherwise no one would get married why would you share half your time automatically why would you add expenses to yourself right you have to otherwise I'm going to fall into zina I'm going to be frustrated my mind's going to go crazy oh that's all you view of what a woman is no but that's one of the biggest parts right is a steak just a dinner or is it protein it's really good for the restaurant business. We need to decrease the level of cows. Uh, it's a great, it tastes good. It's many things, right? Everything is, you are many things to many people, right? You're a, you're a ab to Allah. You're a son to a mother. You're a brother to somebody. So, so everything has multiple facets. But anyway, we have no shame to saying that sexual urge is something part of our religion or, or, or our religion recognizes its value. Okay, no, no shame in that. Zahra says, what about eyelash extension? Does it invalidate wudu? No, it would not. Well, I don't know how they work, to be honest. But your eyelashes, it's something, your whole eye has to get wet, including that part. So I don't know if that, how that works, to be quite honest with you. And secondly, the issue of um, zina in front of strange men. That's forbidden in our religion. Okay. What's the age of marriage for the man is when he can when he can afford it. 
and when he is viewed by you know himself and his peers as mature and ready to handle a responsibility and to share his emotional state and to share his time, there is some degree of maturity there, right? So he said, uh, comparing a, a wife to steak. No, comparing it because it's a shahwa. It's a desire, right? The desire for sex and the desire for food, they share in that they're desires. A desire is not just something in itself. I know he was joking when he said that. But a desire has multiple functions in, the, in, in, in human society, right? Allah has created this desire to force someone who otherwise would not share half his time, half his money, etc. with another human being. So, so the the the, the uh, wedge of comparison is the aspect of the desire, right? Shahua. I Nana says, I realized I have accustomed myself to love romance and have fallen into sinning with my eyes and ears related to this. How to stop sins that have become addictions after multiple tobas? Just don't ever give up on it, on the toba, and continue to make toba. And have belief that Allah can remove you out of it. And lure yourself to good behavior by the promise of Allah answering your prayers. So if, imagine now Allah will give you an empty sheet of paper. Allah sends you an angel. The angel says here, empty sheet of paper, here's a pen. Write down what it would take for you to stop this behavior. And Allah will give it to you. Right? Then start almost like repeatedly telling yourself this. That Allah is going to give me this if I stop that behavior. And that thing should be by the power of Allah, not by your power. In other words, you don't put it on your limits, you put it on uh, by Allah's power. That means it could be something extremely massive. And if a person sins by loving romance, then that's probably what you're really looking for in life. But now you're going to get it in what is halal, not what is haram. Had enough says, will you... Let me answer this one. Had enough, where are you? Why don't you come to our store in the masjid? You could pick it up tonight. Layla Sagabashi says, a woman is constantly commuting and has to use public transportation. How to protect yourself from the gaze of males? She dresses modestly and tries not to draw attention. Wear a COVID mask. Uh, take an iPad and sit like this with an iPad. Put up a book. Joanna S., what is the difference between awakening and an opening? Can anything be done to activate them? Or are they always spontaneous? No, we can do something to activate and to receive fathum min Allah. Fath from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's attained by kathratil ibadah, a lot of ibadah and leaving off sins and perfecting your aqidah. By the way, everyone here, you really need to take Murad Uthman's Aqidah class, which is every Sunday at 12 noon, and the recordings are up. Perfect your Aqidah. Worship Allah as much as you can, and avoid sins. You will see eventually, it's just a matter of time, Imam al-Haddad says it's a law. It's like a law of nature. You will receive a fatah. Fatah means Allah has opened something for you. Chini Baba, is it okay if I read from the Mus'af at night, not in prayer, to practice my recitation, and have a short witr? Of course, what's wrong with that? Nothing can be wrong with that. What minhaj is this channel upon? Fi al-Ash'ari wa fi al-Junaid al-Saliki. 
the four madhabs of fiqh, specifically the Maliki madhab, the Ashari and Maturidi aqidas, and the Tasawwuf of Al Junaid Al Junaid Al Baghdadi and Abu Hamad Al Ghazali and Abdullah bin Ali Al Haddad, and of the living today, Habib Omar bin Salim bin Hafiz. May ask Allah Taala to let us live and die upon their manhaj with ikhlas and tawadu and khidmat al Muslimin wa ijabat al da'wah wa saada fi al darain wa qurrat ayn fi al mali wa al ahli wa al walad. Amin, amin, amin. Wa suhbat al akhyar wa suhbat al salihin wa al bu'ad an mudillat al fitan wa bilir walidain wa rida al walidain wa rida al shiyukh. Zayk says, Mother cries and says that I make her cry, although the reasons are very minor, such as small mistakes of mine. Am I sinful? If your mother is a sane woman and she's a normal woman, then you need to fix this, right? You need to take it seriously. Okay. Responding to them when they are wrong constitute as disrespect. Yes, it can be. You can have discussions, but don't respond in the moment. You can say, mother, I'd like to have a discussion with you. You got upset because I left the pan in the sink. But I want to tell you that it wasn't me who left the pan in the sink, right? And I have... Uh, you know, uh, proof, or all like, yeah, <laughs> huh? Very yeah, very diplomatic for a teenager, right? <laughs> Do not respond in the moment, but later you can have a discussion. Uh, mother, I would like to discuss with you yesterday's incident. <laughs> okay, so that's very important for you to do. Sophia says, "You said." If we want to know if we're close to Allah, ask how much du'a you make. Does dhikr count as well? No, dhikr is different from du'a. Du'a is more important. In terms of your nearness to Allah, dhikr is the food. Du'a is the lifting. Right? Dhikr is the food. Du'a is the lifting. You go to the jails, a lot of those guys, they're eating junk, ramen noodles. He comes out looking like this. He lifts, right? All of us here, we eat these wonderful farm-to-table diets. And we look terrible. Why? Or not some of us do. Because the dhikr is the food. It's the protein. You can't just eat protein. That's it. No, The dua is more important. Because dua shows our idlal for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dhikr is something that's like we'd love to eat it. We'd love to have it. So it's wonderful. But dua is more powerful, more important. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, the Prophet said, Ad-du'a umukhul ibadah. Not Is it haram to watch horror movies that depict spirits and possession? Yes, it's all from Shayateen al Jinn and Iblis. That's his dhikr. What's better, to read Islamic worldly ilm that benefits your deen or is to watch horror movies? Oh, he's talking about, he's answering the previous question. Right, what do you got? Well, here's one. Sunshine says, what's the bare minimum of uh, uh, knowledge a Muslim must know? They must know a couple of things. Number one, they, they must examine their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ensure that they are believing sincerely from themselves and not from by just mere imitation. Likewise, their belief in the Messenger sallallahu must be from themselves. So if a Muslim can study and understand what makes a person a Muslim? What are the pillars of Iman that I must believe in? What will put me outside of Islam? 
That is the first study. Fardain, knowledge of aqidah. Secondly, you must know tahara and salah. Thirdly, you must know how to fast. Fourthly, if you have money, you must know how to pay zakah. Fifthly, if you're able to make hajj, then before going to hajj, you must learn the, 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 how to make hajj. Sixthly, whatever job you're in, you must know the halal and haram pertaining to this job. Seventhly, if you're about to get married, you must know the fiqh of marriage and divorce so that you don't come crying and saying, I divorced my wife three times in one sitting because I thought that that's how you're supposed to do it. Well, why don't you study? Yeah, that's the farzayin that is upon us. Hibban but how does the tariq of habayb work? Do you have to be from Ahlul Bayt? No, of course not. It is that you will watch the videos of Habib Omar and you will start saying the, the Wurd al-Latif in the morning and the Ratib al-Shahir at night. Watch the videos of Habib Omar and meet some of his representatives in the West and, and start doing the adhkar that they do and start studying the books that they do and, and read the books of Imam al-Haddad and watch the videos of Habib Omar on the internet and try to visit the shiuch that have been to Tarim and study with Habib Omar and take the awrad that they're permitted to transmit to you. There's a book. And so uh, that's how you would start and the awrad are found at safinasociety.org backslash wirt safinasociety.org backslash wirt question says how do we become ascetics or zahid you don't try that for yourself but you when you draw near to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you will find naturally you lose interest in nonsense subhi says is it preferred to raise hands in dua after completing fard salah or is it disliked it's from the fada'il after you make salah and you make du'a, you, the Prophet used to raise his hand like this. And in Tirmidhi, he used to wipe his over his face. Mullah, did you explain my question about Ash'aris and Maturidis? No, I did not explain that it's a bit detailed because the differences are so minor and require like knowledge. Uh, pre um, like, uh, what do they call them, Ryan? When you have to take a class before you take a class? Prerequisites. Requires prerequisite knowledge. What is an example of a fatah? An example of a fatah is that you went from somebody who had a difficult time to recite the Qur'an to now you wake up and the first thing you want to do is recite the Qur'an. That's a fatah. Your, your heart has now altered and changed. You met somebody. You, you worshipped Allah so much and then all of a sudden one day you meet somebody and that person teaches you a lot. That's a type of fatah. It's Allah has opened for you a way. Abdullah says, isn't it more close to Allah to blame ourselves for our misfortune rather than blame kuffar? Of course it is. What are the kuffar other than doing their jobs? What are they other than people who will pounce upon you when you're weak and disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If you obeyed Allah, Allah will protect you from them. We are the reason for all this. That's why yesterday I said there's nothing worse and nothing that Muslims should never go down this victim mentality uh, operation and crying about everyone who mistreats us. You're mistreated, you lost. You lost because you disobeyed your God. How, that's how simple it is. You don't blame a hyena, okay, from, from, from biting and attacking someone who's walking around with a bleeding deer in his hand. You got a bleeding gazelle. You hunted a gazelle, you walked around with a bleeding gazelle, and then the hyena came to aid it and snatched it from you. You're to blame. I'm not, I don't feel sorry for you, right? You should have planned. What am I going to do? Get a jeep. Plan it. We didn't, we lost. 
We lost wars. Our grand, great-grandfathers lost wars. Why'd they lose wars? I don't want to say anything bad about them. They obviously disobeyed Allah. So they lost. Like all across the ummah. Oh, because the British invented, they had technology. We never win and lose by technology. You win and lose. Well, okay, then why didn't you invent technology? Okay. Every, the post-colonial colonial mentality, now this other Islam, anti-Islamophobia mentality. What world are you imagining? Are you imagining a world in which Allah's banner is raised and the kuffar are accepting of it? Think about this. It's a complete contrary to everything that is in the Quran. You will not raise the banner of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and the Sharia of Islam except Shaitan and all of his, those he's able to whisper to will attack you. He says that Mushrikeen, Al-Yahud, they're all going to attack you. So what world are we living in? We're actually contradicting the Quran by saying, oh, we want everyone to just accept us for how we are and respect our Sharia. When the Quran is saying, they're not going to respect you, they're going to fight you. It's such a naive and weird mentality. I just like, it's, it's, does, it goes against the Quranic dictates. Yemrin Gonzalez, can we have an animal painting in your house? Not for worship, but because you like animals. It's, it's, if it's a, it shouldn't be high up, first of all, as a karahiyah, as a discouragement. Why? Because it's in the direction of sujood and things like that. And the general statements, to just to avoid the difference of opinion, it shouldn't be high up. But secondly, if it is a full animal, like a full tiger, then it's makruh. If it's only like half, of, like a head of a tiger only, in such a way that it cannot live, then it's halal. Okay. If it's a sculpture, if it's a full sculpture, 3D, with the full body, it's haram. If it's half the sculpture, such that it cannot live, it's makru. And in all cases, it should be low. It should not be put up high in the house. And Allah knows best. Madiki click. Yeah, inshallah, we can find a time. The schedule's really packed up, but we can find a time. What are the traits of the salihin? And how do they help in? A salih is somebody who is found always in the masajid. And he's always trying to help others as well as himself. And the salih is somebody that you cannot say that you ever saw them disobeying Allah. Like committing sins. Okay. In public. Shamelessly. Of course, everyone commits sins, right? But the salih is someone he has enough respect of God and his prophet and his ummah to keep those sins private. Is it true that Salah isn't enough protection? Well, I don't know, protection from what? Prayer, it does protect you from falling into sins. And if you pray and it doesn't fall protect you, then your Salah is deficient. So you need to pray longer Salawat, more Nawafil, etc. Okay, other questions from now from Instagram. What's the best way to learn tajweed without getting stuck in frustration? You get a good tajweed teacher, someone whose halakha you like. And we have Saturday, we have Nuh Saunders' class. It's a very important class. And I've heard about people whose recitation went from like level one to like level nine. So you get a good tajweed teacher and you just keep going. Frustration, it's okay, you have to fight through it. Mullah Bawaz says, oh, he's talking about something else. 
What is Mullah Bawaz talking about? Ashari and Maturidi? No, they did not go both astray. They are the official madhabs of the Malikis, Hanafis, and Shafis. The Hanafis being Ashari's, the Shafis and Malikis being... Uh, sorry, the Hanafis being Maturidis and the Malikis and Shafis being Ashair. And the kalam that they use is the kalam that's permitted. When the early Imams forbade kalam, what they forbade is the kalam of the Mu'tazila, which was the kalam that had assumptions and a direction that took them outside of Ahlul Sunnah and contradicted verses and hadith. This kalam of the Ash'aris and Maturidi is kalam in defense of Quran and hadith and in explanation of Quran and hadith, and therefore it is accepted. couple more questions before we wrap up. Someone had a question about, about um, permissibility yeah. or the reason, I believe it was, why uh, Ahl Sunnah uses Kalam. Yes, to defend the Quran and the Hadith from what people may imagine to be cons- uh, inconsistencies and to defend the aqidah of Islam from those who are attacking it, philosophers. That's the purpose of kalam. That is the kalam that is acceptable and mahmood. It's virtuous because it's in defense. It is using logic to defend the religion. And to organize the religion. Is it haram to fall in love outside of marriage? The emotions of a person are not in your control. The action is what's in your control. So for example, it is not, there is no ifm upon a person who fell in love with somebody who they happen to see, for example, at work. What is you can't control your heart. The Prophet said, Oh Allah, don't judge me by what I cannot control. What you can control is your actions, your eyes. Okay. That's what you can control. So that's where you have to, to, to put the, follow, follow uh, uh, the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to your actions. But your heart, it could happen that you fall in love with something of the dunya, something of a, per, a person. You can fall in love with things that's not your control. Norzila Cornelius. These days I tell myself all the time, Allah is watching everything I do. Yes, so it helps, really helps to leave off sins. Allah is watching and, and He's rewarding. So. This just reminded me of a story yep. that Sheikh Abdul Karim Yahya told about, I think it's Sheikh Abdullah bin Sahel. Yes. You know this? And when he was young, he would see his uncle praying mm-hmm. uh, to Hajjid. Like when he was three or four and his uncle said, why don't you do dhikr? He said, I don't know how to do dhikr. He said, when you lay in your bed at night, uh, don't move your lips, but say in your heart, Allahu ma'i, Allahu nadirun ilay, Allahu shahidun ilay. Allahu ma'i, Allahu shahidi, Allahu hadiri, Yes, Allahu qaribun minni. Subhanallah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. All right, a lot of questions we're getting through here. 
importance of love in marriage and how to sustain it. You sustain it by contemplating the good qualities, the good qualities of the person. And the Prophet said, if you see something bad in your spouse, uh, look at the good. There's not going to be, no one's going to be 100% perfect. There's going to be good and there's going to be bad. whole bunch of talk about the eyelashes that um, so now the question is when we say the, the Quran says the face does that in, in, include the eyelashes in the wudu subhanallah is a question that I, I have to ask that is the eyelash part of the face I have to ask that question Okay, M says, I thought wearing false lashes is haram altogether because you're adding to what Allah created to you. No, if it's not permanent, then it is permitted in the sphere of the wife and the husband or in her own home because adding to what Allah has created is not necessarily forbidden in all cases. It is forbidden if it is a permanent change, such as plastic surgeries, elevating cheeks, adding Botox that's permanent, right? That is forbidden, mutlaqan, absolutely. But if it is something that it's not, like wearing makeup, even where adding hair to hair is 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 forbidden when if there's a ghish involved, you're misleading somebody. So you go to a party of women and you do that, and you know in this women they're looking at all the girls to suggest them for her husband, for her son. <laughs> Definitely not her husband. To suggest them to for her son, right? Or something like that. And then she's misled. She's like, oh, wow, she has amazing, she is amazing. And then it's misleading. So in the context where it's not misleading, so for the husband, for example, then even adding some hairs to the hair, there's no harm in that. Okay. Because it's temporary. And it's only in the sphere of what is permitted. And so that's no different than wearing eyelashes, uh, than wearing makeup, etc., etc. So you have to understand the scope of where those things are halal to do. Dino says, you said there's individuals who don't make dua for their worldly desires. Is this the way of the awliya and is it highly virtuous if we swap that with general dua for the ummah? I don't find that it's, it is the way of the awliya, but it is not for those who are doing it on their own. It's not. It's too much. It's too heavy. Okay. To say, I'm going to leave off all my own personal concerns and I don't want to ask anything because I want to be above that. I would say it's too heavy. I would say, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for everything in your dunya. That would be our path. That is the eslam. Then to say, I'm going to absolutely have no desires in life because I've seen people go that route and then I've seen them almost, in a sense, they they end up having no life, right? So it's like, I don't want anything. Oh, job, okay, whatever. But everything is whatever, 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 whatever. Leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. And then he ends up left, right? no. That's not our way. Our way is going to be the more modest spiritual claim, right? We will go after regular life like everybody else, and we will have a lot of dua. Okay, we'll we'll go uh, in the in the in the way of uh, you, you know uh, this modest way. You want to shoot and lift something too heavy? You need a sheikh for that, and usually that happens by itself. All right, right. What's so funny? They're uh, 
How to find a wife. The, the Moedda playlist is almost done. Misleading is a form of lying. Yes, it is. How should we feel about scholars who feel only their menhej is correct? Um, we, what we say is what the menhaj that is correct is Ahl sunnah Al-Madhahib Al-Arba'a the three madhabs of fiqh and the three, uh, the four madhabs of fiqh and the three madhabs of aqidah being the Hanbali aqidah which is by the way going on Arcview Basic soon the Ash'ari aqidah and the Maturidi aqidah the four madhabs you go all across the history of the Islam that's Manhaj al-Salim now as for the specific manhaj like manhaj of Sheikh Fulan manhaj of Sheikh Fulan and they have their own ta'wilat on how to execute these four madhabs no there's not one single form of execution of these four madhabs that is the only correct way there are many correct ways and people and there are sunni sects a sunni sect is a group of people they're on the right madhab but they shun muslims who are not doing it their way or following their sheikh and that's sinful it's sinful they're not like outside of al-sunnah but it's sinful they're mubtadia in that regard but not in general. They're not generally innovators. They're Ahl Sunnah, but in this matter, they're incorrect. Triple H, uh, are you allowed to marry the cousin? Yes, you are. Is wearing fake designer clothes or jewelry lying? No, it's not. Wearing a knockoff is not lying. No. Wearing a, a off-brand or whatever they call them, a knockoff or 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 um, an imitation. That's not. It's not haram. All right. Let us stop here. We got a lot of nice questions today. Lot of nice questions. Is there a description of how long the horn of Israfil will be? I don't know. Ask the Jews. That's one of the questions they would ask. What is the position of the ulama on marrying a cousin? Yes, it's halal. Is the traveler prayer mandatory or can we pray normally? No, it is a sunnah. You should take it. You should not skip the traveler's prayer. Are there other teachers on the level of Habib Omar and Tasawuf in Yemen? Allah Alam, I cannot judge them. Uh, I don't know many of the shiukh in Yemen. I haven't been there in 20 years. More than. Other than Habib Omar. I'm sure there, there are shiukh in the world. We're not one of the people who says we have the only sheikh in the world. In our heart, he, he may be the most beloved. And we believe it's the best guidance. But we as a position, we do not say he's the only sheikh and nobody else. I'm tuning in after law school class. Glad to see the stream is still going. MashaAllah, HBaz. Shua Ajmeri says, if a sheikh doesn't state which method they follow, should that be a red flag for us? Uh, when he, it, he doesn't necessarily have to speak about himself, but when he speaks of a ruling, it is good for him. It's, it's useful for us. To, to, for him to say, well, which where the method has come, what book is it? he should cite himself, right? If he's especially if he's teaching a class, right? I'll keep that off, by the way. Yeah. Um, that's that's it. It's useful for us, especially if you're teaching a class. Well, what book are you using? Okay. So on and so forth. Yeah, keep the whole thing off. Don't even turn on two-step verification. Yeah, just X out the whole page. Huh? You have to have two-step verification? Required. Required. And then stick it to my phone number then. 
It's annoying. Two step verification. Yeah, it's terrible. Like you got a group and a company that's like five people using all the apps and stuff, and we can't do anything. Can you put the link for Mawadda? Sure. NBIC dot org backslash Mawadda. May Allah help you find somebody. For everyone in the UK and Europe, the live stream will start one hour earlier. Good. Because I know it starts later, right? Isn't it? It's pretty late over there. So it's one hour earlier starting next week. So when is uh, Daylight Savings? Is it this Sunday, Ryan? We get an... Uh, huh? You, you're the one who know about it at Fedge, right? At Fedge is when you figure it out? Yeah. You're, look, all the phones and the clocks, they change at 2 a.m., and we fall back. When you go to fall, you fall back. So you get an extra hour of sleep. So uh, you don't even need to know because you, when you wake up for, for next gen on Sunday, you're going to have an extra hour of sleep. Unlike in the spring where you, you spring forward and you wake up and you're too late. So. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Dua al-Nur. Ryan, can you please uh, kindly stick that up there? Let's close with this beautiful dua. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Allahumma ij'alli nuran fi qalbi wa nuran fi qabri wa nuran fi sam'i wa nuran fi basari wa nuran fi sha'ri wa nuran fi bashari wa nuran fi lahmi wa nuran fi dami wa nuran fi 'idhami wa nuran fi 'asabi wa nuran min bayni yadayya wa nuran min khalfi wa nuran an yamini wa nuran an shimali wa nuran min fawqi wa nuran min tahti allahumma zidni nura wa a'tini nura wa ja'alli nura wa sallallahu ala sayidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Oh